Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How was your week? Um, I went and saw this um this thing with this person. You mean you came with over here and we saw Hamilton? <laughs> oh god. Yeah, nobody seems as excited as I am about it though, and it makes me kind of sad. Robin was... Robin's pretty stoked, but so good. Yeah. It was so good. It really was. I want to go back so bad. I Me really, too. I've been checking really tickets do. nonstop. I've been checking ticket prices. They had like when like- you texted me that yesterday that they were like thirty eight bucks, and I was like, oh, I should just drive back down there. Like it'll be fine. <laughs> I've been checking it every single day. <sighs> Man, they got down to fifty dollars today. It's very For the one tonight or the no, not the one tonight. The one tonight's probably the most expensive of the week. I guess people like oh, to go yeah. on Saturday nights. Yeah. But the one, they had a matinee today at one o'clock. But I want to go for a night show because I want to see the different cast. Because the cast we saw was so amazing. Like, I want to compare them and contrast them. And it'd be like, see, yes. I'm going to <laughs> I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I've just been saying phrases and stuff. And Ryan is just like, what, what is happening? I'll Poor just Ryan. be like washing dishes and, and all of a sudden it'll pop in my head. And I'll be like, remember when Burr put his hands in Hamilton's face? <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, though. <laughs> Remember when he booty danced on Hamilton's desk? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when George Washington hit that last note? Oh. <sighs> okay, anyways. Anyways. I could literally make a podcast just about that. And I, I'm i legit worried about the lady that was beside me, though. <laughs> like, I've been thinking about her. <laughs> like, <laughs> Either way you look at it, she's not okay. Uh, right. Because she either got kidnapped or she uh-huh. decided to leave in the middle of Hamilton. Uh-huh. Either way, she's not okay. And I just don't, I don't know which direction it went to. And I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I, don't feel, I don't feel good about it. Honestly, I'm hoping she got kidnapped. Oh. oh. I feel like I judge her way less. But I still That's judge fair. her a little. <laughs> How That's dare fair. you let yourself get kidnapped during Hamilton? You had one job, ma'am. One, <laughs> one job. Pizza, pizza. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. And cut. Don't do that. It really confuses me. <laughs> um, hey guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. Our case today is from April 19, 1995. Timothy James McVeigh was born on April 23, 1968 in Lockport, New York. When he was 10, his parents divorced and he went to live with his father in Pendleton, New York. He was very shy and... Is that Pendleton? Like Nathaniel Pendleton and a doctor that he knew? Pendleton (gasps) arrived with his crew, Nathaniel Pendleton and a doctor that he knew? Probably in New York. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's everywhere. Okay, anyways... When I was reading it, I thought, Pendleton, that sounds familiar, but it was saying it out loud, and it made me, <gasps> Pendleton and a doctor. <laughs> you have to say it out loud for it to resonate? Uh-huh. Okay. And then I have to say it in the in the actual song, too. Okay. That's fair. So I was like, Pendleton, just like um um Nathaniel Pendleton and the doctor that he knew. <laughs> it's not just Nathaniel Pendleton, it's also the doctor. <laughs> They're a match set. A match set? <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry, you guys. We're very Hamilton heavy this week. We're still flying high. Okay. 
Timothy was very shy and withdrawn and was bullied in school and later claimed to have a lifelong hatred of bullies, which I find completely ironic because of what he did. He didn't see it as him being a bully. I'm sure that's how bullies feel, too. I, I, I know. And I'm not defending him at all. I, I just don't think that that was how he saw it. But he was. Okay. Well, they were weak and they were defenseless and they were minding their own business and then he attacked them. That's what bullies do. Yes. I, I know what you're saying. Okay. I, I know what you mean. In high school, he became obsessed with computers and guns. He was so good with computers, he was able to hack into a government system. He had poor grades, but was very intelligent. He attended Bryant and Stratton College for a couple of months, but dropped out. In May of 1988, he enlisted in the United States Army. In his spare time there, he read about firearms, sniper tactics, and explosives. But he was reprimanded for purchasing... My brain is so tired. Okay. But he was reprimanded for purchasing a white power shirt at a KKK rally where they were objecting to the black servicemen who wore black power shirts around a military installation. So he's a classy dude. What a douchebag. I'm telling you what. People suck. That's the equivalent of people saying, if you tell people black lives matter and they say, well, all lives matter. Yeah. It's like, okay. Okay, Okay. Karen. Um, He did very well in the military and was promoted to sergeant. He was deployed on Operation Desert Storm and received several service awards. After returning home, he he entered... What is happening in my mouth? I I don't know. That question makes me uncomfortable. After returning home, he entered the Special Forces program, but washed out two days later. He then decided to leave the army and was honorably discharged. Anyway, so so far, so far he had a pretty normal childhood. He's not, I mean, except for the KKK stuff and the gun stuff. Never mind, I take it back. <laughs> I don't think that's part of a normal childhood, but what yeah, do I, I know? Yeah, I take it back. But I mean, he doesn't seem to be violent, is what I meant. True. And he it doesn't, like, even in the documentary that we watched, like, his parents didn't seem to be bad or mean to him or, or anything like that, right? No, nothing. They just got divorced. And then he lived with his dad, which is odd because normally kids live with their, their moms. So I don't I don't know. Normally when people do stuff like this, you know, there's signs in their childhood, but he didn't seem to have any. I think it all stems from when he went when he got deployed. Well, that's true. After he returned from his deployment, his aunt said when he came back, he seemed broken. When we talked about it, he said it was terrible there. He was on the front line and had seen death and caused death. He didn't feel the exhilaration he thought he would feel being over there. He could understand why America was over. He could. Mm -mm. I won't mock you for making up the way you mocked me. Okay. He didn't feel the exhilaration he thought he would feel being over there, and he could not understand why America was over there to begin with. So he was, like, super stoked to go, and then, like, once he got there and, like, saw everything, he's like, uh, no, this isn't, this isn't okay. Yeah, but exhilaration's a weird word to use. Exhilaration is a real word, a weird word, yes, but I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, because I've never been exhilarated at the thought of killing someone. Right? I can understand. I mean, <laughs> but all jokes aside, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I can understand the feeling of wanting to serve your country. You're feeling like you're helping or something like that, but exhilarated. I feel like that's a weird word choice. And I don't know if it was her word choice or the word that he used. I just, it's an odd choice. <laughs> have no idea. So exhilarated to be here. Um, he became <laughs> right? a fix- We were exhilarated to go see Hamilton. <laughs> right that's a proper that's proper yes 
He became a fixture at gun shows where he sold survival items and copies of the Turner Diaries, which is a racist novel popular in neo-Nazi and militia circles about a group of, quote, patriots who fight against the government and blow up an F- FBI. Why was that so hard? It's literally three know. letters. I don't know. And I don't even have to, like, make a word. I just say the letters. Say the letters. Yeah. Duh. Where am I? Who fight against the government and blow up a FBI building in Washington, D.C. using a truck bomb. After the incident at Ruby Ridge, McVeigh became more worried that the government was beginning to control everything and that they were starting a war against Americans. Now, the incident at Ruby Ridge, we didn't include it in here because it's pretty, I think it's a pretty well-known thing, but just a quick sort of overview of it. There was this family who went off to live on their own. Basically, they wanted to have... They had no running water, no electricity. They were living on a mountain by themselves. So they went to have company. They went and hung out at the, what was it, the KKK place yeah, nearby? Yeah. Like, that was yep. their idea of fun. Um, so there was an undercover agent at the KKK place, and he got in touch with the dude of the family that was just hanging out there, and they sort of entrapped them into promising to make sawed-off shotguns. And then the FBI, was it? No, the Marshals. It was the Marshals. The U.S. Marshals surrounded the the people's houses and basically killed them all for really nothing it was including the dog including the dog he didn't they didn't kill them all but they killed the mom uh, a little boy and a dog so like it was awful it was horrific it was a tragedy and people were rightfully upset however it does not justify the reactions of people like mcveigh (laughs) but it was it was horribly handled and it, it was a tragedy Later on, McVeigh made his way to Arizona with his friend from the Army, Michael Fortier. They discussed their anger about gun control and the New World Order. In the desert in Arizona, he showed off his bomb-making skills to Fortier. McVeigh had a plan to do something, although he didn't know what yet. He tried to get Fortier to aid in mixing the components, or at least to help with the getaway car for whatever plan he was going to put in motion, but Fortier refused. He then went on to Michigan, where another Army buddy, Terry Nichols, was living with his brother. Here, McVeigh and Nichols watched as the siege in Waco, Texas was happening. Now, Waco, Texas, we're not even going to give you an overview. Everybody knows what happened in Waco. Um, There's also some really great podcasts about it. I think the Jury Room podcast has an episode about it that's really good. So if you want more in-depth on that, go listen to that um, episode of the Jury Room podcast. (sighs) McVeigh drove down to Waco and sold bumper stickers with pro-gun and anti-government slogans on them. On April 19th, 1993, when the siege was over, McVeigh decided it was time to take action. He began working with Nichols to improve his bomb-making skills and set a final plan of action. What's that word? Improve? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) when Ashley was here, (laughs) she was working on research together, sort of, and... And she just sat there and looked at me. She was like, what is the thing? Ugh, that word. There's a word where you do things and, they, and then it gets better. And then it's not as bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of looked at her and went, is the word you're looking for improve? <laughs> yes, improve. Thank you. <laughs> she was so stressed out about it. Words are so hard like i'm such a bad writer it's so bad it's such a struggle anyways (sighs) okay (laughs) mcveigh and nichols began stealing guns and handed them off to fortier to sell them to get money to aid in their plan 
They drove around to several government buildings across the United States looking for the perfect place to execute the plan. They decided on the Murrah Federal, Federal Building in Oklahoma City. It had a regional office of the ATF, which is the agency that was responsible for Waco. After making the bomb, Nichols took McVeigh to rent a rider truck, with McVeigh using a false name. From here, McVeigh went to the Dreamland Hotel. He registered using his real name and the address of Nichols in Michigan. He stayed there for four nights, which only cost him $88, until he was ready to execute his plan. $88 for four nights. That's $22 a night. Uh-huh. Oh, look at me doing math. You're like, so smart. I know. Even back in 1995, that was still... I was cheap, cheap, right? Hold on, I'm looking it up. About $40.96 today. Yeah, that's... No, no thank you. Yeah, that's that seems like one of those pay-by-the-hour hotels. Bruh. Ew. I mean, I'm Gross. sure cleanliness was not his main concern at that point. That's fair. Because he had spent the last couple of years crashing on friends' cra- couches. Like, he didn't even have his own place. <laughs> fair enough. McVeigh claimed that the government had declared war against the American people, and he planned to fire the first shot in a new American revolution. On the morning of April 19th, 1995, which was exactly two years after the ending at Waco. And little- April 19th is when the first battle of the American Revolution started too which is why it's called patriots day oh so yeah that also was part of it too okay um yeah so that morning a little before 9 a.m mcveigh parked the rider truck with the explosives in it and the loading dock of the building he lit the fuses got out and simply walked away at 902 a.m the bomb went off taking off most of the front of the building it killed 168 people including 19 children that were in the daycare center there it damaged or destroyed 300 surrounding buildings. More than 500 people were injured. It was complete and utter chaos and act of terrorism. News outlets began reporting on the story and immediately said that there was evidence that the Middle Eastern terrorists caused the explosion. But no one ever imagined it was actually domestic terrorism. Oddly enough, and quite the coincidence, a little over an hour later after the bomb, McVeigh was pulled over by police for not having a license plate on his car. When the officer came to the window, he asked for his license. When McVeigh moved, his jacket pulled tight and the officer could see the outline of a gun. He ended up arresting McVeigh for unlawfully hiding a weapon and he was taken to jail. Could you imagine the panic on his face? Knowing that he just set a bomb off to blow up a building and here he is getting pulled over by the cops this is how it always seems to go though these guys get caught for being dumb and i'm so glad that they are i mean he why would you get in a car that doesn't have a license plate i don't know it was a new car he had just bought it i don't know if he just didn't think about it or i I don't know maybe it had a paper license plate and it flew away did they do those in 95 oh i don't know (laughs) you know good point yeah (laughs) i don't know and then the, the Middle Eastern terrorist thing. I mean, immediately they started saying that. Oh, and there's then, evidence of this. Uh, obviously, there's not. No. And then they started showing the, the pictures of, not the pictures, what do you call it? The composite Movies. sketches of, oh, no. <laughs> what? The composite sketches of uh, McVeigh and Nichols, obviously white dudes. And they were like, well, they were probably hired by Middle Eastern terrorists. But or... Yeah. Or these or. white people did it. Or. And we cannot blame the Middle East for everything. Let's take door number two. Jeez, a crackers, man. It's like, this is already horrible enough. Yeah. And then there were some news outlets that even after it was re- revealed that it was um, the white dudes, 
there are some people that were still some news outlets that were like, well, this just shows us what the Middle East could do if they wanted to. Are you serious? Uh-huh. I linked it. It's the bottom link in the show notes where they just basically talked about how how the Olympic... The Olympic... No, we're not talking about the Olympic bombing. The Oklahoma City bombing was reported after and then the things that actually happened. Like, they just talk about the reporting on it. And yeah, people are trash. People are trash. Like, it's it's bad enough. So in the next week, if there's no information on who did it, can we just focus on how we can help the people that were affected? Right. Can we not speculate, please? It's bad that enough. That doesn't help anybody. It, yeah, right? It's bad enough. Can we just focus on helping people? Oh, it makes me so mad. Oh, God. <sighs> it's bad enough. A security camera across the street happened to record a video of the truck that McVeigh used, showing him pulling in, parking, and then eventually walking away before the truck exploded. Another coincidence, a piece of the rear axle of the rider truck was found intact with an identifying number on it that led the police to the rental place. Here, witnesses were able to aid in a composite sketch of McVeigh and Nichols. With this information, they had the sketches shown on TV, and the police went to places nearby, showing showing the sketch around. They hit the jackpot when they ended up at the Dreamland Motel. It just sounds sketchy, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. (laughs) It just sounds shady. $22 a night at the Dreamland Motel. (laughs) Okay. That's just the the affairs that happen in the Dreamland Motel. Yes. Okay, anyways. And then the desk clerk at the Dreamland Motel recognized the face in the picture. They pulled the registration receipt and police saw Timothy McVeigh's name. So I find it so dumb, <laughs> just dumb mm-hmm. that he's he got the truck mm-hmm. under a fake name, but then mm-hmm. went back to the hotel and used his real name. Well, I also wonder if it's because he's gotten this far with like his plan, if he's starting to get nervous or anxious and like something like that just slips his mind well i think i saw that he had actually started writing one with a fake name on it and then crumpled it up threw it away and got put his name on it oh well then he's just dumb either he's just dumb or he wants to be caught so he can be or if he was what he thinks a, of as a hero or doing a fake name and then they're like well can i see your id and then he's like Oh, wait, that's not my name. Hang but on They had fake IDs. Oh, did they? Yeah. I remember thinking that their real ones looked fake, but... Right? <laughs> that's just the 90s. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just the 90s. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, so I just think that's so dumb. Okay, so they did a search. The police did a search to see if any arrests with Timothy McVeigh's name were done recently, and lo and behold, there was. McVeigh was still, still in jail from his weapons charge. He was due to be released soon, but the police were able to call and tell the other police <laughs> that McVeigh was the prime suspect in the bombing. Can you imagine? They had this dude in custody, and they were like, okay, well, we're, we're going to let you out of here really soon. It's about time. And they get a call, and they're like, oh, actually. <laughs> actually, you know that story that's been all over the TV? Like, that's the guy. So we want to hang on to that one. Don't let that one out. Hand- handcuff that one again. <laughs> Like, bruh. Can, and can you imagine the police probably chatting and being friendly with this dude? You know, yeah. And then all of a sudden they find out he's killed 168 people, 19 children. Bad, you're bad. We don't like you. We changed. Uh, I take back my charm that I used on you earlier, sir. Yes, sir. Fur, sir. <laughs> now, this is not the time for Hamilton. I can't believe I said that. That hurt my mouth. There's always time for Hamilton. Okay, okay, okay. so McVeigh was taken into custody for these much more severe charges. <laughs> 
Terry Nichols actually turned himself in when she became aware he was wanted for questioning in connection with the bombing. In August, Fortier agreed to testify against McVeigh and Nichols in exchange for a lesser sentence. I have a problem with that. One question. So did McVeigh, like, rat Nichols out? I don't think so. I don't think McVeigh ever said... In fact, there's still speculation that he may have been working with more people than just Nichols and Fortier. I don't think so. I think they put it together that um, McVeigh was staying at Nichols with Nichols before. Okay. And so he just turned himself in. But I have a problem with 40 because based on that documentary we watched and we watched, it's called Oklahoma City and it was made by PBS. We watched it on Amazon Prime. 40 years seemed much more involved in the plan. I think he knew what he claims. Yes. Yeah. And hundred percent. There was so many opportunities for him to call the police and voice concerns. Uh Uh-huh. And he didn't do that. And I think there's a difference in somebody. I think there's a difference in not reporting somebody who's just ranting and being angry than not reporting somebody who's actively making plans and buying ingredients and telling you what he's going to do and trying to get you involved. You've seen him set off these bombs. Yes. There's a big difference. You know he can do it. So I have a real problem. McVeigh and Nichols were charged with the same 11 federal crimes. One was conspiring to use a weapon of mass destruction to destroy federal property. Two was using a weapon of mass destruction that caused death and injury. And I was I was very confused on weapons of mass destruction because I was thinking weapons like big weapons. You mean like bombs? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Whatever. I was when you made this comment in the house the other day, you were like, but this was a mass weapon. Now, of course it was. <laughs> I, I was very confused because I'm thinking when I hear weapon of mass destruction, I think of like those big, you know, the big things, the, the big ones. Are you talking about what, missiles? Rockets. Missiles. Rockets. <laughs> Almost a thousand people were affected by this. <laughs> Hurt or killed, I should say. Not affected, because more than a thousand people were affected. But that's I mean... Not, that's not what I mean, though. Anyways. I, I know. You're just very cute. You're very pretty. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, number three was malicious destruction of federal property by explosives. And then um, it was eight counts of first-degree murder of federal law enforcement officers. McVeigh was found guilty of all counts on June 2nd, 1997, and he was sentenced to death. Nichols was found guilty of conspiracy and eight counts of manslaughter on december 23rd 1997 and he was sentenced to life in prison merry christmas fortier was found guilty of failing to report the planned attack and for lying to the fbi and he was sentenced to 12 years in prison when he was released he entered witness protection so not only that but then he gets to essentially lead a normal life forever right i wonder if he cares do you think it bothers him i hope it bothers him i hope he thinks about it all the time to be honest, I think it probably does because he was one of the the only one of the three that seemed to have any bit of sympathy at all, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, but there's a difference in, being, in just saying, oh, I made a mistake and actually believing you made a mistake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I wonder I mean, if he yeah. actually thinks he made a mistake or if he thinks I, it wasn't a big deal. It was a mistake. It was no big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like if he sure I could have called just, him, but. What it would have really have done. You know what I mean? Like, he tries to push the blame. Because there are a lot of people like that. Hello, my ex. <laughs> like, he has the blame, but tries the reason of why he's not at fault. Why it's not his fault. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just wonder if it really bothers him or if he just is fine. I don't know. That's a long time to be a witness protection. Mm. He should have been in prison. Agreed. But 
With no final words, McVeigh was executed by lethal injection on June 11th, 2001. So, yeah, that really was a quick... They actually, you're guilty to you're dead. I meant to change. I mean, I meant to look it up. I'm pretty sure they actually changed the execution laws to expedite his... To expedite? Expedite? Expedite. Expedite's not a word, is it? Is it a word? I don't know, but I like it. I like it, too. <laughs> I knew what you it. meant. I think I'm thinking of Expedia.com. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. So I'm pretty sure... Where did you go? Half of your face is missing. I'm right here. There you are. Oh, I'm no. pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that they ended up changing the laws on executions to expedite his execution. Dang. And that's why... I'm pretty sure... Where did I see it? I think I watched it on... I think it was on the thir- on 13th, that documentary on Netflix about the 13th uh-huh. Amendment. I think they said uh-huh. something about it. I can't remember now. I'll look into it and I will give you an update. With no final words, McVeigh was executed by lethal, or I already said that part. Okay. Although he had no words in the execution chamber, he did write letters to the press in the months leading up to his death. We're not going to use this episode as a platform for his words, but he expressed almost no regret for his actions. Sounds about right. Yeah, like he said stuff instead of, he said, instead of doing a bomb, I should have just used a sniper gun and just picked off people one by one. And um, What trash. Yeah, he was just, just trash. I don't know what was, I don't know. And he seemed relatively normal. You know what I mean? Right. Like not violent. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I find it, I think, scarier that this somebody can do something like this and there be no signs in terms of violence yeah. beforehand because that means that anybody could do it yeah and that's really scary that's the scariest part yeah special agent barry black said i'm proud that the system worked as it should the subjects were caught the evidence was collected and presented the jury heard it and made its decision and the law was carried out where the murrah building once stood is now a memorial a museum honoring the significance of that day pieces of debris and evidence are some of the things in the museum Florence Rogers, who was a survivor of the bombing, said she learned a lesson on all of this. It's how short life can be. My, my advice is don't ever miss an opportunity to tell those that you love that you love them because you never know when you might not come home from that ordinary day. Do you remember this? Not really, no. I don't either. And we were old enough. I was almost seven. I feel like this is the kind of thing like I remember exactly where I was when 9-11 happened. I remember what I was doing. Yeah. And I remember, you know, how everybody else reacted, but I don't remember Oklahoma City. Like, I remember seeing it on TV, but that's that's about it. Like, I remember the I remember the OJ trial. I mean, not the OJ trial, but I remember the white Bronco thing. Like, I remember that like clear <laughs> the, in my brain. The low speed chase. Yeah, like I remember. The only thing I remember about that is the um, when he tried on the glove in the courtroom. That's oh. what I remember. And then he like slowly stood up. Even then I thought, what a douchebag. <laughs> I didn't think it in those words. but I remember the, it was on the news that he was being, the police were chasing him and my little self was making wanted posters for him. I was helping the police. Good job. <laughs> sure he was on his way to Virginia. <laughs> Who would have been in Richmond any moment? <laughs> him was. Yeah, yeah, I just scary. remember, I just remember the glove. I was trying to help save everybody. So if I remember that, I don't know why I don't remember much of this. Yeah, it's, and it's weird. And it's crazy to think that, like, because back then, like in the documentary, you couldn't call and check and make sure your wife was okay or your husband was I know, able you to just get had out. To wait. Or, yeah. 
or show up to the place. Yeah. Which was terrifying anyway, because they were kept thinking they were finding more bombs. Yeah. And because Ryan and I forgot why, but Ryan and I were talking about like if something ever like happened where we would meet. Uh huh. Like as if you lo- like, oh, we were watching. um Oh, what is that movie? American Blackout. And like if so, if we're both at work and just you all of a sudden have no Internet, no phone, no nothing. Like, what do you do? And so we had decided to make sure that we would meet here and not like, you know, because I don't always know when he's working. He doesn't know always where I am or, you know, whatever. And anything would happen at like any moment. It's, oh, God, I'm freaking myself out. OK. How are you planning to drive all the way to your house with no music, though? <laughs> I haven't thought that far ahead. Get you some CDs and take them in your car just in case. Oh, I do have CDs in my car. OK, Duh. you're good then. Yeah. I don't go yeah, anywhere I, just, my CDs. I just think it's weird that this was such a huge I mean it was the largest uh, case of domestic terrorism until I mean of terrorism on American soil until 9-11 no. and I don't remember normally this is the kind of thing that somehow seeps in you know if something changes yeah I remember everything changing after 9-11 yes. I don't remember this oh well, I mean we were only seven seven years old it's weird I think it's weird I'm, I'm sorry that you don't remember I'm so sorry ma'am and then you had the, um, and this was also in that article at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, then you had reporters going to militia group meetings, which are basically white supremacists, and giving them the opportunity to make let their message, like, to say what they wanted to say on the news. What? Would that have, ha- if this was extreme Islamic terrorists, would they have done that to non-extreme extremists in America? If, do you know what I'm saying? Like... If the if the if the bomber was brown, would they have done it to anybody? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, here, let's give them a chance to say what they have to say. Yeah, no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. but if it's a white folks, sure, especially mm-hmm. white dudes, sure, go ahead. <sighs> okay, Isn't that how like World War Two started? <laughs> <laughs> Amongst other things. Okay, hi, give me a happy ending. Okay, so on April nineteenth, nineteen forty six, Tim Curry was born. Who's Tim Curry? Tim Curry. He was in Clue. That's such and a good he, movie. And he was in um 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 the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And oh yeah, he's really okay. creepy looking. Yeah, but he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, I do like him. Happy birthday, Tim. Tim Curry. Yeah. He was also. Didn't he oh. play the creepy serial killer in Criminal Minds? And I'm thinking about it. No. He yeah. Just, yeah, he did. He did. The one with the nasty it, teeth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then in 1968, Ashley Judd was born. What? I love her. I think she's so amazing. She's okay. She was one of the first ones to speak out in the um, the She Said movement. I mean, I'm just talking about an actress point of view. She was in uh, Where the Heart Is. It's one of my favorites. And she was in Double Jeopardy. Yes. That one was, that movie was really good. I don't care what you say. Okay. Okay. Then 1978, Joanna Gaines was born. <gasps> Happy birthday, Joanna. Except she's taken over HGTV and I'm very sad about it. Why? Because. I don't like her husband very much. He gets on my nerves. Why? Chip? He was, I really liked him at first, but now he's, it's like he's trying to do too much and trying to be too funny. And it's like, just, can you, you were funny before. Now you're trying to do too much. Just chill. Calm your thoughts. Yeah, really? He's like, it's like, it's okay. Anyways. Okay. So then in 1989, Simon Liu was born. Shang-Chi. Who? Who? Shang-Chi. From the rings? The ten Shang- rings? Yeah, he played Shang-Chi. 
Oh, yay. Happy birthday. He's young. He was born in 89. Oh, you'll like this one. Okay. So our events today. In, on April 19th, 1927, actress Mae West is found guilty of, quote, obscenity in corrupting the morals of youth in a New York play entitled Sex. My girl. She was sentenced to 10 days in prison and fined $500. And her career took off after this. <laughs> of course it did. Of course it did. Do you know anything about Mae West? No. You but, ought to research uh, she's her. She's going to be my new best friend. I was about to say, you really ought to research her. Yep. Okay, We're going to be her. best friends. Okay. All right. So then on April 19th, 1971, this one's very true crimey, Charles Manson, Susan Atkins, and Patricia Krenwinkel, and Leslie Van Houten are sentenced to death for the Tate LaBianca murders. Of course, it was later commuted to life, but and I think a bunch of them are out now, but Charles Manson's dead, so bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. He was crazy. He really wasn't. He was just a bad dude. <laughs> no, he was... There was... Yeah. He had a narcissistic there. personality disorder for sure. Don't they all, though? Um, no, some like of them have... narcissism se- runs, runs rampant in these people. I mean, it does. But some of them also have severe inferiority complexes. So, like, when women... Like, the... um, I would say that the... The... What was the dude... His name oh, the dude with the stuff in the place that used the pillowcases to choke women. He, oh, we and just nobody did cared. Him. Yeah, I know. Why can't I remember his name? They had. They all had the really good names. They all had the awesome names. Just tell me the first name when you find it. Henry. His name was Henry. Henry Lew- Lewis Wallace. Henry Lewis Wallace. I remember the first name. I usually remember the last name. Anyways, I would say that Henry Lewis Wallace had an inferiority complex because he only started that, yeah. choking women after they sort of turned him down. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know that for sure. I'm not a psychologist, but if I had to guess, that's what I would say. But not, not Charlie, not, not little Charlie, little, little tiny Char- Charlie. He, he was narcissistic. Well, he was tiny. He was like five, six or something like that. They found him hiding under a sink. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where I would hide. I don't think you would. I think instead you would try and make friends. <laughs> that's fair. Talk my way out of it. That's yes. fair. That's, okay. uh, yeah, I would hide. <laughs> fair enough. Or fight my way out. <laughs> You would charm. Hey, guys. Okay. Hey, guys. I got some snacks in that drawer. Sure, go ahead. Put the handcuffs on. No problem. If you want <laughs> snacks, just get them yourself. I'm a really good hostess. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. And then on April 19th, 2017, Fox News confirmed they would be letting go of Bill O'Reilly after allegations of sexual harassment. Ew. It only took them years because Ugh. Bill O'Reilly is trash. He paid millions of dollars and told women they weren't allowed to tell anybody that he was trash. Ugh. Just, just. When we were both watching the thing and uh, Matt Lauer came on the screen, we were both like, Ugh. Oh, yeah. That was funny. So on the Oklahoma City doc, there was a, it cut to a news clip of Matt Lauer. And as he came on the screen, me and Ashley both went, Ew. <laughs> but that doc really was good. Y'all should go watch it. It was really good. But, it really um, was. I, sh- I, I, I did not need the pictures of the injured people especially the injured children i did not need that uh, so just just a warning that they do show that and it was not it i uh, was not okay with that just so everybody knows that but it had a lot of good information okay Sorry. so who could try this week we can't have the same people <laughs> there's so many christopher jackson that's not christopher jackson do you need the name yeah i think it was cameron richardson let me see yes cameron richardson cameron richardson he played George Washington in Hamilton 
on the Angelica tour when we went and saw it. But get, seriously, guys, he was the understudy and his voice. Oh, my God. Just when he I was because y'all know how I feel about Hamilton. I was very nervous <laughs> about somebody else doing Chris Jackson's part because his voice is my favorite voice. I, I just love to hear him saying yes. Um, so I was very nervous. But this dude was magnificent. Give me chills. Yes. He was so good. And his name was Cameron Richardson. Shout out, Cameron Richardson. You're awesome. And Thomas Jefferson. Played by David Park. He was so fine. And he was very funny. And he really captured Jefferson Lafayette very well. He did. And there's also one more that I want to... That's not Hamilton related. Are you frozen? No. Oh, well, speak it. Oh, Forrest Gump. (laughs) You know, in the book, he had like a massive penis. What? In the book, he had like a massive penis. Oh, of course he does, because he's dumb as shit. It was- <laughs> I explained this theory to you the other day, because it was one of those one of those clickbait things that popped up, and it was things that from book ad- book adaptations that didn't make it into the movie. It was like Forrest Gump was apparently extremely well endowed. <laughs> of course he want- was. I don't need to know that though. But he, I was watching it before we recorded, uh-huh. and he's just he's so sweet and. He doesn't know any better and just bless his little heart. He doesn't know any better than what? Than anything. Like when she's making out with that guy in the car and he just force just comes in and opens the door and just beats the crap out of him. (laughs) Like because he thought she was being attacked. Poor Forrest Gump. So his instinct was to save her. He's so sweet. Uh, You know. All right. Who caught your eye this week? Well, the same two, George Washington and Lafayette and Jefferson. But also I thought, so we had a lot of, I know y'all don't care. I know this is a true crime podcast. I don't care. It's also our podcast. So we had a lot of understudies for ours. And the woman who played Eliza, whose name was Kendall Sayuri Yokoyama, she was so good. I really related to her, Eliza, because she was heartbroken and pissed and just, she had so much emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I just really, really thought she was amazing. But then also David Parkin. And um, Cameron Richardson were really good. And Angelica was really, really good. She too. was really good, too. And then the guy who played Burt, the Hamilton, they were all just really amazing. And if you guys get the chance, you should really go see it. It was really, really, really good. And if you go see it, take us with you. Also, could we get more tickets, please? Thank you. Please and thank you. Have a nice day. It really has been stressing me out that I'm not going to see it again. Oh, we'll go see it again. Don't worry. Well, they're not going on tour next year around here, I don't think. Not on the three theaters that are near me. That might go to Richmond, I guess. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. It makes me sad. Calm down. I can't. I'm very upset about it. Oh, God. Oh, Hamilton. You should have just took a break. Just take a break. I need an autobiography on May West ASAP. We just went to the... You have to come back down so we can go to the East Bookstore. Yes. Again. And I need one on... Alice Roosevelt, and I can't find one on her, on her either. Oh, you should have told me. We have one at our library. I would have checked it out for what? you. What? Oh, I don't know how that would have worked. No, that wouldn't have worked. No, you'd have to come stay at my house for like a week so you could read it. Do you know the name of it? I don't, but I, so I'll figure, I'll find out and let you know, though. Because I started to get it for myself the other day, and then, but I already have a couple books out, and I'm like, I need to finish these before I get out more. She is such a badass. Yeah, you told I me about it. That's why I was so going to get it. Hold on, I'm looking on Amazon right now. I think it was just called Alice, maybe. But it was her married last name, I think. Now that I'm thinking about it. It's called, yeah, Alice Ro- Rose... What? Yeah, it's called Alice. Alice Roosevelt Longworth from White House Princess to Washington That's what it was, yeah. 
Yep, that's what it was. We had it at our library the other day, and I really, I set it to the side. I was like, I'll get this when I leave, and then I have too many books out right now that I need to finish. Oh. case from February 19th, 1995. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date With Murder and on Facebook at A Date With Pod. Bye! <sighs> That's not part of our outro. Stop. That should be our, our call and response thing if we get separated in a story. Just go da 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 totally i okay 100 yes deal or or you just go what's my name man and i'll go alexander (laughs) (laughs) just ask a random question from the show and i'll just respond with the lyrics i won't be able to help it it's fine i like our plan you'll be like who who lives who dies who tells your story i'll be like eliza (laughs) and then i'll sob but so it might not be as effective but (laughs) Da, 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 da. <laughs> um okay i'm gonna go sleep now can you can you do the love you miss you bye thing oh um no fine okay love you miss you bye love you miss you bye D- no ma'am no you told me no you love me miss me bye i just said that didn't i love me more miss me more buy me more buy you more what <laughs> Buy. say goodbye more goodbye more I did what you said. (laughs) Love you, miss you, bye. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Oh, long time no see. Can you stop flossing while we're recording, please? (sighs) Fine, I'll just get cavities. Thank you. Or maybe just like wait an hour till we get done and then you can do it again. Oh. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) No, I have to do it right now. (laughs) Or it's going to be too late. Okay, I also need you to sit still. I know. (sighs) You're so bossy. Uh Uh-huh. I am. Will you say something? I want to make sure you're still recording. Um, Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. I didn't know what to say. That was really stressful. Don't do that to me. I'm sorry. I can fake my own death. You'd be terrible. We've discussed this. You'd be terrible at faking your own death. Oh, that's right. Because you'd have to bring your stuff. Yeah. And my people (laughs) with me. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. Ashley died, but then, like, everybody she knows did, too. <laughs> it was contagious. Fine. I don't know what happened. No bodies were ever found or anything. It's cool. Look, if you just follow these snack wrappers. <laughs> like Hansel and Gretel. Your bacon was really good the other day, yesterday. Thank, thank you. I worked really hard on it. So were your pancakes. Thank you. I worked really hard on them. It's pancakes from a mix and bacon I laid out in a, in a, in a uh, cookie sheet stuck in the oven. Well, it always tastes better when somebody else does it anyway. I wouldn't know. Aw, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Aw, I'm the worst. Oh, God, I'm so sorry.